This week in the markets, U.S. equities approached new all-time records on news of coordinated QE efforts by global central bankers and easing tensions in the tariff conflict. Well, welcome back to GoldSeek.com Radio, everyone. Your host, Chris Waltzek. Just a pleasure to rejoin you for this September 13th, Season 14 Episode 713 show. Of course, the name of this show, Gold Seek, suggests we are fans of the precious metals, but we're also intrigued by some of the similarities the crypto world offers to investors as well. Some security and autonomy, transparency, as well as anonymity, among many other fantastic features. Now, wouldn't it be neat to combine the two? That's the subject of this week's show, almost exclusively you might say. We have three big guests, including CEO Kenneth Lewis from One Gold, who holds physical gold and silver medals at the Royal Canadian Mint. He, of course, runs one of the largest, if not one of the biggest, gold retailers and precious metals retails, Apmex, closely tied with Sprott Inc., which has a 25% stake in One Gold. So you might think of them as strategic partners. This is the first online marketplace to offer secure and convenient buying and selling. And do they have so much going for them? Kenneth Lewis, who's been a really good friend of the show and a sponsor of GoldSeek. They also partner with, of course, everyone knows, Lloyds of London to make sure that the gold is stored properly. Their one gold is a utility token. It's classified essentially as a utility token. Now, this is the preference as I've understood the literature from the Security and Exchange Commission. They like it because the token stays within a platform. It's non-transferable, and it doesn't have some of the other, you might say, snafus, which some of us like. The SEC prefers utility token, and that in some ways is a big plus for his vault chain and one gold concept. There's, in fact, so many features. I could sit here and give you a bullet list and just go over them, but instead, let me suggest you listen to the interview. I, I think you'll walk away. There's some great takeaway points that are very new in this episode that make it worthwhile for everyone. And then, of course, it's just a pleasure to welcome back Andrew McGuire and CEO Thomas Coughlin with Kinesis Project, which is a very different way of um, storing precious metals with their allocated bullion exchange to offer a solid yield or return to investors. So it's a very different concept. Concept to have a tie-in with digital money based on the Ethereum. Their tokens are within the Ethereum framework, which incidentally, I suggested to them off-air, and I think it helped contribute to the fact they steered away from Stellar and chose Ethereum. That's just a guess, both because I thought, you know, this is really a, a more solid platform for your Kinesis uh, tokens. But at any rate, the idea is to bring so many neat aspects to the market, as well as, as I mentioned, bring a yield to investors. This is not probably going to classify as a utility token, as I understand it, because it will be floated on the Ethereum network. It just means that in the United States, again, as I've interpreted the literature, is that investors who do not classify it as qualified investors have at maximum $2,000 invested in this type of offering. Now, after Kinesis token is a publicly exchanged token, at that point, the SEC feels much more confident. That's your risk at that point because it's viewed as more transparent 
risk because you can buy it and sell typically around the clock because of the liquidity that's there. They just do so much to outline this. So if you're interested, you know, I think you'll really like this interview. It was uh, recorded simultaneously on three different continents because it was a conference call with the three of us that, of course, Andrew McGuire set up. So I think this is a really disruptive and interesting according to their literature and, and what they've told us. So we're looking really forward to see what happens here. I believe their public offering has already passed, but I can't promise you that. It was scheduled earlier this week, so I'm hoping that the market has accepted the token and the exchanges, and it's going well. Friend of the show, Mary Joyce, you may recall our interview a couple of months ago. Uh, she's done some fantastic work in the world of, you might say, the mystical, the all kinds of interesting topicality. She digs into so far outside the mainstream but it's still based on really solid interviews. She sits down with so many people, folks who have accumulated a storehouse of knowledge, and then what she does so well is assimilates that and constructs and backs it out into a way that is so digestible, but then decades of work as a professional journalist at top you know, publications and other experience, I think, allows her to synthesize this information in a way that I find fascinating. Let me suggest anybody in the region. I know I've got some great folks out there. Kenneth, I know you're listening and so many others. Let me suggest that you take your friends and family. If you purchase the tickets online before October 6th, you'll receive a 10% on the merchandise using this code. Please write it down, Mary Mary, because she's a friend of the show and she's offering this to our folks here. 10% discount. And you can get in, I think, for as little as 9 to $10 into this great event. Very interesting folks there, not just Mary Joyce, who I think is should be the focus, but so many others. So it's called Creatures, Legends, and Lore, and that's the event in Gatlinburg. We have all the information up, a conference on October 12th in the Gatlinburg Convention Center. The doors open up at 9 a.m. for VIP ticket holders, 10 a.m. for expo-only ticket holders, and it runs all the way to 8 p.m. Again, I think you can get in there on the Expo ticket for as little with our discount as $9. So be sure and check that out. All kinds of great Q&A will be there. Autographs, presentations, photo ops, vendors, and if you'd like, you can, you're encouraged to dress up for the event in any type of costume that you like. Of course, it is October. So I know our little ones are looking forward. I think one of ours wants to be Iron Man, dress up as Iron Man this year. He was the Hulk last year. And plans for a VIP dinner, uh, will be there. A Bigfoot hike out in the Smoky Mountains and email announcements will be sent to you. So just sign up. You know, online tickets, if you're interested, sales end September 30th. So I know a lot of my listeners in the North Georgia, uh, greater Atlanta area, as well as Knoxville, Asheville, Raleigh, uh, and others, uh, Birmingham. If you're in the area... Okay, and the Q&A hotline, 641-715-3900, followed by extension number 514049. Please jot this down. We'd like for you to call in with your questions and comments. 641-715-3900, followed by extension number 514049. And Robert Ian wraps up the show with his latest must-hear report. Goldseek.com radio begins now with a market weather recap. (music) 
Partly sunny skies appeared over the precious metals sector following three months of nearly perfect weather conditions. Investors decided to book some profits, this week choosing the sidelines ahead of next week's FOMC meeting, where the U.S. Fed governors are expected to pull the trigger on their third back-to-back monthly rate cut. At Friday's closing bell, the yellow metal still hovered near 1500 shedding only 15 while silver did give back 55 cents, still around 1760 The XAU pressure Precious metal shares index finished off 5% at right around 90. But palladium added 56. It was the ray of sunshine here, closing at 1600, a new all time record high. Meanwhile, the price of gold climbed to a six year record recently, the highest since 2013. So it's a little surprise that the central bankers around the globe are busy accumulating the metals with a record first half of the year, 374 metric tons of gold through June, according to the director of research at the World Gold Council. That was the highest first half of the year since 2010, almost a decade, according to one report, which noted Russia and China, of course, diversifying their foreign exchange reserves amid a potential currency conflict. The Russian central bank reserves are currently at 2,220 tons, according to the World Gold Council. That was based on international monetary fund data. About $107 billion worth of gold there. China's holdings running just behind around 1937 metric tons, also around $100 billion. Now, the World Gold Council reported Russia represents 20% of its foreign reserves in gold, whereas the official total of China's total foreign currency reserve were only 3%. So 20% in Russia, gold, 3% of the reserves in China. According, though, to Dr. Stephen Lieb's work and some of our other guests, this number could be vastly understated. Dr. Stephen Lieb thinks that China could have quietly accumulated as much as three times the stockpile of the U.S., In related news, geopolitical risks have also declined a bit this week on news that Washington said Thursday it was willing to consider a trade deal with China. And China agreed to exempt U.S. agricultural products from tariffs. Plus, the European Central Bank launched a new wave of stimulus measures, increasing QE in the eurozone and lowering interest rates. Get ready for this to minus one-half a percent. That's right. They'll take your money and charge you for the opportunity. In related domestic economic news, the FOMC is scheduled to meet next week, September 17th and 18th. The Chicago Mercantile Exchange probabilities are indicating about uh, 74%, so very high rates of a third monthly rate cut from the 2% region to 1 and 3 quarters percent. Lower rates, of course, increases liquidity, is inflationary. Now, I will point out that it, investors have front-run these expectations, so it's Maybe somewhat baked into the cake at this point, but the move from the ECB this week was certainly a big positive. Bottom line on precious metals. Well, the underreported story this week, I think, was palladium. That flew to a new all-time record around 1600 So that occurred during the precious metals consolidation. This is a big plus. This, I feel, is kind of the silent canary in the coal mine, that nobody's listening to it. It's not chirping here, folks. So after three months of an epic price rally, of course, we get the pause that hopefully refreshes. That's just what markets like to see, an opportunity to digest the big gains. Plus, we have the seasonably favorable time of the year approaching where retailers and 
manufacturers like to procure the metal in anticipation of a solid holiday season where jewelry sales are important. And I think given, you know, the really solid economic numbers we've seen this year, I wouldn't be surprised for Santa and his elves to be pretty busy. So let's watch for a break above hopefully 20 on silver and 1900 gold in the next year or so. Moving on to the Wall Street Report, sunny skies appeared over the New York Stock Exchange as investors cheered the ECB minister's rate cut into negative territory and front-run next week's Fed rate cut. By Friday's closing bell on Wall Street, the Dow added 422, 1.5% at 27,220 is where it landed. Meanwhile, the S&P 500 added 29, 1% at over 3,007. It broke that resistance there, and NASDAQ added 74, 1% finishing over 8,001. All three indexes are clearly now just inches away from all-time record highs. We have been pounding the table on the opportunity in U.S. shares, folks, over a year here, despite endless naysayers calling for the top. And speaking of the top, the top story moving the market, stronger domestic economic numbers. On Friday, data from the U.S. government, the University of Michigan Consumer Sentiment Index, according to one report, showed the number bounced to 92 in September, that up from 90 in August. Plus, we had improved retail sales with the number up about four-tenths of a point. Solid news for the economy and, of course, U.S. equities. And in related news, the U.S. POTUS noted that this week, the U.S. would delay fresh tariffs until October 15th on $250 billion in China's goods that were scheduled to take place on October 1st. This relieved some of the tensions, as I mentioned, and improved negotiations. Turning to a recap of this week's Mad Money Jim Cramer, I reviewed a few of his favorite candidates. He liked Darden Restaurants, ticker DRI, I do as well. Bank of America, ticker BAC, it looks positive. Turning to the the pharmaceutical industry, there is a biotherapeutic company in phase two trials that he mentioned, ticker IOVA looks solid for cancer treatments. U.S. shares, bottom line. One of our favorite indicators, the Feed to Greed Index, after a few weeks, finally reached the greedy category. But it's not overly so. So I think there might still be a little wiggle room or, you know, our investors front running the Fed's decision and the ECB. I don't know, but I like the fact that we're once again near all-time highs. I don't have enough fingers and toes, I think, to count all the naysayers from top analysts out there who were convinced the end is nigh for stocks. They have been pounding the same table for over a decade and have been continuously wrong. As long as the conditions persist, I'm going to stick with our thesis of $10,000 NASDAQ, 4,000 SPX, and maybe even 30,000 plus Dow. Coming up after the break, more GoldSeek.com radio. Thanks for choosing GoldSeek.com radio as a trusted business and investing news source. It's just a pleasure to welcome back CEO Kenneth Lewis from, of course, One Gold and AppMex. Those are your go-to places online. This is a platform that has really offers you about everything from crypto and the security of precious metals. He's going to fill in all the blanks here for us today. And, of course, we also have the added benefit of being in a gold and silver bull market. Welcome back, CEO Kenneth Lewis. Hey, thanks for the time. Great to have you. And, you know, why don't we just start with an overview to get people up to speed? 
sure. I mean, I think one of the things, and look, I, I'm, I'm an avid reader, and there's a lot of different products in the market, and we try to we try to keep things simple. Uh, we try to build a product for consumers that are easy to understand. It's very intuitive. It's easy to use. Uh, we took what I think are some of the core strengths of the crypto space uh, and applied it to our solution. So we're using blockchain technology in different forms, and uh, as a distributed ledger, we're also going out and working with uh, companies or, or institutions like the Rural Canadian Mint to be able to go out and take a position in metal within their facilities. We're able to do that at institutional pricing. Uh, and then ultimately, we give consumers just a, a really intuitive, easy to use online experience to be able to buy and sell gold uh, or silver 24-7. We allow you to link your bank account. We allow you to do continuity programs where you can make uh, investments daily, weekly, whatever you like. You can buy as little as a dollar. Uh, and you're going to find the pricing is frankly better than, in, in, than any ETF can offer in the market today. So it's uh, we think it's a nice solution, and obviously what we tell people is just do your research, and I think they'll, as they do that, they'll, they'll find it's really a product that might work for them. Exactly, and of course, you've got insured storage. Let's talk a little bit about how people are buying gold and silver. The last thing they're thinking about is storage. They're thinking about how this is going to balance their portfolios, act as a safety net, a life preserver, and all the other uh, adages we've heard in the industry for decades, but then there's storage. And we understand that you have some interesting vaulting partners there to help guarantee storage of the physical metals, which, of course, also has the digital component. One of the things, and you nailed it, I mean, obviously, when you buy gold and silver, you're looking to balance a portfolio. You're ideally, um, you know, you got different strategies and it fits in well. It, it works inversely to the equities markets when it's struggling. And, and so one of the things that we strive to do is just to make sure consumers can trust that um, your product's safe, that you have title, that there's no risk of loss anywhere in the process. So what we do is we only partner with uh, with vaulting partners that have appropriate levels of insurance. They act as an independent verifier of metal as it goes into the process. And then what we do is we then make that available, that metal available to a consumer. So uh, what we'd like to say is that you know we can't sell metal we don't own. Um, you know when we're using the blockchain, it won't let us do that. Uh, so it's important that you know the metal's there as a consumer and that you're protected because you know heaven forbid uh, an event happens and 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 the metal, for whatever reason, um, you know, maybe there's a there's a there's a, a tornado or whatever, and or a fire or whatever. You want to know you're protected at all times. A theft, you want to know you're protected, and so we make sure that we have Lloyd's of London insurance always there to protect the consumer as well, just in case of those odd events that could potentially happen one day. You know, there's also you. I think you briefly touched on the distributed ledger, and this ties in with the blockchain, right? Because at the end of the day, what you really have is just a hashing mechanism that essentially keeps us all updated on who owns what, a pseudo-anonymous way. So, I mean, it's just a ledger. It's just a book. Have your debits and your credits. It's really just that simple. But people like to know how independent the ledger is and how distributed it is and, you know, where these transactions can show up so that it's not altered. There's safety, security, and transparency in the ledger. So the product we have out of Canada is is powered by Tradewinds. Uh, it's a permission-based blockchain for those who are familiar with it. Um, it's R3 Corda, so it's uh, it's a product that is very common in the financial industry. Um, what makes it different than other blockchains is it's uh, it limits certain information, so you don't have... Um, the information is not so specific where you could identify consumers or you could uh, potentially take that information and use it in nefarious ways. 
Um, so it's a proven it's a proven technology, and, and we use it on the product in Canada uh, because you know when we worked with the Canadians, the Royal Canadian Met, we felt we needed a way for all partners to be able to interact with uh, with the ledger. So when I make a buy, the Royal Canadian Mint actually updates the ledger to reflect that I own that inventory. When I sell product to a customer, I send an update to the ledger, passing ownership to the consumer, so it shows up right in the ledger. And so what we do is then we allow that consumer to actually access the ledger independently right through our website. So you click a link, it brings up the Tradewind website, you can see what your ownership interest is, you come back over to my database, you see that my database has the same number as what you show on the Tradewind site. So we're doing that on our Canadian product. We have a U.S. product right now that's not on a blockchain, but uh, is being looked at to put, be put on the blockchain here in the near future. But what we do in that case is we make sure we have independent verification physically of the product, and then we use a top five accounting firm to come in and physically audit the inventory as well, just to make sure consumers can feel comfortable that their inventory is there at all times. I'd like to focus in on like a laser on the idea of independent sovereignty. There are many, many instances throughout time where people were falsely accused or maybe in retrospect treated less than fairly. I mean, one of the obvious appeals, I think, to any precious metal investor is the fact that they have kind of pulled their wealth out of circulation and they are, for the most part, in full agency, in full control of that said wealth. There's no entanglements, for the most part, on their money at that point. Can you give us an idea of how One Gold tries to replicate that? It's tough to do, obviously, on a digital front, but I'll give you a few examples. And, and look, I'm also the number one largest physical seller of precious metals. So uh, as I've told everybody that I talk to, uh, I always feel you still need to have a certain amount of physical in your portfolio um, for that rainy day, for off the grid, for just thinking about the future. But then you want to complement your investment, a broader, broader, a broader exposure to gold. Why not go digital or, or even paper so you have a way to get in and out of it instantaneously? But uh, one of the things that we do that I think is unique and, and many companies are, are looking to try to implement is we're allowing you to seamlessly move your money back and forth between your banking systems. So, um, you know, we want to be able to put money in your hands instantaneously. So when you go on our site and, and you want to make a transaction, you can actually, one, first and foremost, you can actually close a transaction without the funds which no, no one really allows you to do out in the market today. They all make you pre-fund. So first and foremost, you get your, you're instant, instantly able to close your transaction, and then you send your, send your funds post-transaction if you so desire. And then when you're able to send those funds, we make it where you can link your accounts and make it easy to move the money back and forth. Also, when you go to sell, we move those funds instantaneously back to your bank account. So you know, you're not having me hold your money longer than you need to. Unlike some people that take two and three and four days to clear funds, we try to make sure those funds are always in your hands as fast as possible at all times. And let's move on then, of course, to another aspect of security, and that's, you know, two-factor authentication, where, I don't know, somebody put a tasty a delivered pizza or two or three, they got my number, debit card number, they enjoyed a nice few meals at my expense, luckily the bank took care of that for me, but I mean, it did get dicey, because for about a week, the account was closed down, and, you know, the mortgage has to be paid, the bills have to be paid, and that was impossible. There are some neat aspects to your two-factor authentication which is virtually unbreakable. 
You know, look, I, when we looked at uh, our platform, first and foremost, we wanted it to be secure. You're trusting us to hold your metal. You need to be able to trust your experience and know that your information is going to be protected at all times. Just as an example of that, until you clear a certain dollar amount where I'm required to do an AML, I don't even get your address. Okay, so so it's one of those things where we want to protect your information at all times. And even when we do, we encrypt that and we actually have databases that store things in, in off-site locations. But, but getting back to two-factor, two-factor is proven in the market to reduce fraud by something like 99%. But even two-factor, we do two-factor two ways. We can do two-factor where we will send you a text or call you, or you can actually use an independent authenticator tool to do your two-factor as well. We let you choose. Initially, we go with a text, but a more safer mechanism is to use a two-factor tool, uh, an authenticator tool to actually do that. So we've enabled both of those on our site. We also give you visibility, complete visibility, to any login activity to your tools. And then most importantly, if for whatever reason someone got through all of that and they want to do a transaction where they want to pull funds out, we have a manual review process in place where our AML team and, and accounting teams will make sure that the behavior looks consistent, the IP address logged in looks right. So we don't want by chance if someone did steal the information, we don't want anyone to be able to get away with uh, any of your funds. And we're going to take extra steps to be, make sure we're, we're careful about doing that. And, you know, one of the neat aspects of the one gold, you know, I'm going to try to remain uh, fair and balanced here and, of course, impartial and as objective as possible. But, you know, what I like about it, just personally, you have AppMex behind it. Okay, you have the folks there who you already trust. I mean, it is the de facto well-known name. So that's a big plus. And can you give us an idea about this limited time introductory offer, you know, gold, silver at spot price? Basically, what we're doing is, first of all, you're right, having AppMex and Sprawl behind the product can give you that confidence. I mean, I see too many companies pop up that, you know, they have a great board, they got some names, they say they're related to people, but the reality of it is, how are they funded? How are they backed? Who are you doing business with? You don't have to worry about that when you deal with us. But more importantly, we do. We have launched a U.S. product. It's done very well, very, very well, actually. We actually set a record high last week. We're growing our sales 39% compounding monthly for the last four months. So we're seeing a lot of traction on the product. And what we've done is with the release of this product, we're actually offering uh, the product X spot for about a 30-day time frame. It probably won't last much longer than that because, frankly, the take rate's been better than we than we expected. And then at that point in time, most importantly is when you go to buy in the future, you're only paying 30 basis points. To give that a, a, a perspective, you're paying about $0.05 cents for an ounce, of, an ounce of silver. You're paying about $5 for an ounce of gold. It's very, very competitive pricing, and I think consumers will find it uh, very convenient as well. Can we talk a bit more about the one gold process of buying, selling, online redemption, withdrawing, even the recurring transactions? You've got some really neat stuff there in the storage. Seems really reasonably priced. It's actually 12 basis points a year on gold and 30 on silver, which is remarkably low. At 1% today's markets, we, we, we would not want to charge that because ETS are charging you about 50 bips. And we want this product to be very competitive to an ETF. That's our goal. And to get back to your points about other features, 55% of our transactions, now albeit that's probably less than 10% of the dollars, but 55% of our transactions are people who've come in and said, I want a dollar cost average, I want to buy $5 of gold a day, or $5 of silver, or $10, or you pick the dollar amount, you pick the frequency, and I want to set this thing up on reoccurring transactions where it just happens for me automatically. People love that feature. We're glad to offer it. We can do that because we're able to allow you to put money on hand or link your accounts or use a credit card. So it makes it very simple, something I'd really struggle to do in a physical space if I had to ship you product. And then that final thing, look, everyone wants to know they can convert their digital to physical at all times. And unlike some other products in the market out there, specifically one up in, in Toronto, we don't make you go to other 
people's websites or call phone numbers or make it difficult for you to get your product out, you can literally go right on the site. You get best tier pricing. It's very important to note you're getting the best pricing offer on atmix.com right on one gold. It ships same day to your home and uh, and we make it seamless. We make it easy for you. So we know there's not going to be a lot of people who do redeem, but you like knowing that you have that capability. There's about 20 gold products, about 20 silver products. You can do it right there on the site. And then if you find a product on Atmex that you'd love to do it with, a 2012 box of Silver Eagles, you call us up, we'll make it available to you, and you can actually buy it with your digital metal. Sounds very convenient. And I also like your thoughts on, you know, the how it's comparable to ETFs. Over the years, we've kind of tried to balance our opinion here as carefully as we can because, you know, ETFs, a lot of question marks there. Now, the one we trust or have over the last decade, of course, was Sprott. Because they balance gold and silver, and as I understand it, they're one of the few that really backs it up with physical. Give us an idea today, if you could, how one gold even maybe drawing the attention of institutions that have deep pockets for gold and silver. You know, it's interesting. You mentioned Sprott. They're our partner. They're 25% owner of One Gold. And Peter, the CEO, and I get along really well. We talk about, you know, some of the kind of non-negotiables, if you will. And having metal there physically has to be one of those. And, you know, their Fizz product and some of their other products do just that. Fortunately for many ETFs out there, there, you do question whether or not the metal is really there. You do question uh, counterparty risk. You do question why they trade at a premium or a discount to the price of gold. Why don't they just trade at the price of gold? So there's a lot of, a lot of question marks. But hey, it's hard to beat when you can go to your brokerage account and with a couple of clicks execute a trade. So, you know, we try to do is give you confidence in metals there, but also make that convenience factor be, be one where you find it simple, it's straightforward, and it's not too cumbersome to buy it outside of your brokerage account. So it, look, ETFs are a great product. I'm, I'm glad they're out there because they brought a lot of attention to gold and silver as an investment option. But I do think there are better options that are coming to the market. And I think one gold is just one example of that. That'll be interesting to see, you know, how one gold draws the attention of the deep pockets as this precious metals. I mean, if we eclipse 1900 like so many top folks are looking for in the next year or so, I mean, that's going to bring some big eyes and a lot of attention to the sector. And they're going to be looking around saying, hey, I don't know about this GLD. It looks a little fishy to me. Something doesn't smell right with that. But one gold and, you know, Sprott, those are names you can trust. So, Again, I don't want to harp too much on it. It just seems like an interesting, appealing alternative. You know, I think it is. And look, what I always tell people is do your research. My team has spent hours on our FAQs. And you go, oh, gosh, why do you need so many FAQs? We want to be transparent. We want you to know what you're getting into. We want our fees to be very clear. We're not going to nickel and dime you. We want it to have it when you call. You're going to get a phone answered within 20 seconds, and you're going to have people respond to the chat. We're going to make sure the customers are number one, and we're going to offer pricing that's very comparable, if not the best in the market. And then you can trust that you're going to have a great experience overall. And look, we're scoring a four eight four nine out of five. And in this space, you know, there's some other competitors out there. Do your research. You're going to find no one's even close to us in the customer feedback we're receiving. So we think we have something right. Um, you know, and the fact is, if I just take uh, the last couple of weeks and I annualize it, we're already doing north of 100 million in flow on an annualized basis. And I think that number is just the starting point. I mean, you're bringing some options to the table here that have incredible appeal. It's sort of, you know, I'd liken it to a bridge. 
to precious metals for people who are looking for greater flexibility in their currency, greater flexibility in their investment needs. Let's say that, you know, you're moving to the Eurospace, you're moving to Japan, you're moving to who knows where you're moving, Beijing, or look at the situation in Hong Kong. If currency risk suddenly less of an issue with at least a modicum or a portion of your investment, I mean, that one gold solution, that's got a lot of appeal there. What you've really got going for you from my perspective in one gold is that you're a utility coin. You're not a crypto in, in any way, shape, or form, according right to the Security and Exchange Commission. So that gives you a tremendous leverage, you know, to avoid, as you said, the regulatory hurdles, the issues, the snafus within your own ecosystem. Because according to the SEC, you're above board. So, you know, good job there. I'd really like to, uh, you know, leave the mic open here for you, and it's always on with regard to borrowing against your your coins and lending and things of that nature, because I, I tell you, a lot of people would love to be able, you know, to buy that vacation home, but they don't want to part with their gold. They don't want to lose that safety net. Remember, I've already done the AML if you verified your account, so I don't need to worry about that. I know who you are. I have a collateral to hold you know, honest to make sure you pay your bills back. And uh, why not be able to give you the money on a moment's notice and a spread that you're going to find, I think, is better than anything you can go to the bank and get money for. So we're excited about it. We just got to get some regulatory work done. And those are the kind of conveniences that a digital offering can do for consumers. And we're, we're committed to trying to make that happen. Exciting stuff. CEO Kenneth Lewis, thank you so much. Thanks for the time. Take care. The blockchain revolution is transforming the global arena, disrupting every industry in its path. GoldSeek.com is excited to introduce an off-the-chain opportunity in digital gold and silver from our friends at Atmex and Sprott.com. One Gold holds physical gold and silver medals at the Royal Canadian Mint, the first online marketplace to offer secure and convenient buying, selling, and redemption of digital precious metals. One Gold uses Vault Chain, a secure, immutable blockchain ledger developed by Tradewind. Markets, the leading innovator in digital precious metals, distributed ledger, and blockchain technology. Vault Chain. Gold and silver are 100% redeemable through one gold. For physical precious metals, delivered to customers' doors in any size at competitive prices and low transaction storage costs. As a special offer and for a limited time only, One Gold is offering gold and silver at spot price with no additional premiums. OneGold.com is secure and accessible 24-7 on any device, offering convenient purchases and sales of precious metals. Easy recurring transactions make passive saving and gold dollar cost averaging as easy as a single mouse click. Vault Chain offers the best tier pricing on AppMax products, setting the industry standard as a fully backed physical asset with easy redemption in coins, rounds, or bars, offering clients peace of mind and full transparency. Don't get left behind. Remember to bookmark OneGold.com for the safest and most convenient digital precious metals today. Remember OneGold. GoldSeek employees may or may not own shares. Nothing contained herein should be construed as investment advice. Shopping for fine jewelry just got easier. GoldSeek.com has identified the most successful jewelry brand to launch in recent times. Many Jewelry is rewriting the way consumers buy fine jewelry. Integrity Craftsmanship, the only company to sell 24-karat gold and platinum jewelry, avoiding confusing alloys and gems, a true precious metals investment. Many Jewelry's disruptive business model embraces Franco-American craftsmanship and direct-to-consumer economics, rapidly disrupting the $20 billion monopoly, just like Amazon and Uber. The sky is the limit. 
limit with $1 billion of jewelry purchases daily for loved ones and those special occasions. Many Jewelry is an innovator positioned to capture market share with annual sales growth in the industry topping $30 billion by 2021. Many Jewelry coined the term investment jewelry, pricing by the gram, transparently disclosing its profit margins, a truer investment in pure gold or platinum. Similar to real estate, even artwork, Many Jewelry has a weighted value easily calculated ensuring value wealth as a long-term investment. But sales in 60 countries around the globe, 20,000 orders already, don't miss out on the explosive growth potential. Many Jewelry trades under the symbols M-E-N-E on the Toronto Exchange and in the U.S. M-E-N-E-F. Remember to sign up to May's Shareholder Club to receive shareholder news, updates, and special discount codes for jewelry purchases. Remember, many jewelry. Goldseek employees may or may not own shares. Nothing contained herein should be construed as investment advice. Thanks for choosing Goldseek.com radio as a trusted business and investing news source. It's just a real pleasure to be back with you today, Gold Seek Radio. We are live today with Andrew McGuire, as well as Thomas Coughlin from Kinesis. And we're going to begin the discussion a little impromptu with Andrew McGuire, who has been very heavily involved in the gold crowd for decades. Welcome back, gentlemen. Pleasure to be with you, Chris. Andrew, why don't we begin today, and Thomas Coughlin, if you'd like to jump in, Please feel free at any time. And, of course, the big story on everyone's mind for gold aficionados, the remarkable rally we've seen in the pretty explosive. And I understand that there might be some shenanigans going on behind the scenes. Tell us more, Andrew McGuire. Yeah, Chris, I think the question that I get most of all, especially being in the exposed to the wholesale market, is, well, hang on a minute. <laughs> we've got a wholesale market that's lagging a paper price. And as we know, Chris, We've seen overshoots to the down, usually to the downside. I think it's been, it hasn't been since 2010 that we've seen a paper market overshoot to the upside. When I say an overshoot, I'm not talking about the real value of gold. Obviously, I'm talking about uh, the lagging wholesale price because we've been in a, a, a six-year bear market. So, really, what what I, I think what I answer to most people is that they're very concerned about, they look at the the COT structure. We all know what the COT report is. It, it comes through every Friday. <laughs> what I will say about it is, is there is no excuse for that. It's electronically gathered uh, data. Tocom used to publish uh, their, their end of day data uh, years for years and years and years until we exposed that and then they, they suddenly stopped. But so essentially we get a Friday report that is uh, in a picosecond world that is really dated three days earlier. But for, for what that's worth, people look at it, they mither over it, especially when we see huge amount of managed money uh, guys sitting there in, on, on the long side of what is, we know that the market-making bullion banks are sitting on the other side of that trade. You know, there's a long to every short, but the, con- the, the problem with that is, is that we all know there's a concentration of position when it's when it sits in the hands of the commercials. And so, well, we, we have a, a diverse group of, uh, of managed money. Uh, there's basically the ETAs. They're actually chasing chasing the stocks. Maybe they're hedging it with uh, COMEX. Uh, Hermex Gold, but essentially what's happening is is that uh, the, the the ability to wash and rinse when you hold a concentration of position is very very easy to do because there's just a very two or three market making banks that can really sit at the trigger 
wash and rinse cycle. So, in a, in a nutshell, people are concerned looking at the plain vanilla data. But really, what we're seeing is the evidencing signs of these commercials actually blinking first, which is very unusual. Um, and given that we're quite certain that commercials are actually hedged, now when I say hedged, I, I put that in, in inverted commas, they're hedged paper to paper in London against these COMEX positions. It, it simply means squaring off COMEX short lots and placing them higher. So really, uh, or, uh, this, this in turn really raises the physical offer to sell bullion. Therefore, we're establishing a higher support price very, very slowly. Now, this is a stair-step process. And with the wholesale market not fully participating in the paper-driven ramp, we have to expect some healthy consolidations. But from here on, these are going to be shallow. Now, given this physical migration comes in sync with a six-year 2013 trendline resistance being violated to the upside, the market-making insiders are pricing options far more expensively in anticipation of a significant move higher. Now, last week's bullish close was another, again, we're looking at monthly closes now, but successively four monthly closes in gold, uh, successively more positive, and three monthly closes, uh, positive monthly, monthly closes in silver. Uh, that is influencing where a wholesaler is going to price their bullion for sale. Now, so the opposing bullish effect that we're witnessing into such a bearish COT structure, especially in regard to GC, and GC being the proxy for gold, obviously, is because of large swathes of bullion outflowing from the LBMA vaults. And by default, bullion leaving the control of the LBMA insiders has the effect of sucking out critical lifeblood paper market liquidity, which in turn is locking out large COMEX short bets from short cover. It's that simple, uh, So it's that simple, Chris. So obviously, short term, and most people are listening to this and be saying, yeah, hang on, we've got some trade currency war volatility going on. Uh, that's going to power the, the high-frequency guys, uh, trading bots. And, of course, we've got non-farm perils on Friday to wade through. But clearly, upside technical damage has been inflicted. And we're seeing a structural change in behavior that will see dips being used as short cover. But one of the things you just alluded to, which I know we'd mentioned earlier, um, was that there's something else going on under the radar here. Um, now, you know, obviously, your, your listeners are very sophisticated. And given that both GZ and SI, obviously gold and SI, are proxies for the underlying bullion, um, given they've broken out of multi-year bearish technical resistance, and the underlying physical market is no longer in the insider's control, even more importantly, what's happening in here is that regulatory scrutiny is making it unprofitable for market-making bully banks to populate this space. Now, the old levers to control the price through the dark operations are one by one being removed. Now, there's billions of dollars of fines about to roll downhill just on the JP Morgan admissions alone. And although the CFTC has put its nib in on the reason, and the reason really the DOJ is delaying ruling on this most recent John Edmonds, JP Morgan admissions, is because they lead right to the top of the chain. So what we're seeing, what we've been witnessing, 
really is an exodus of bullion banks withdrawing from the price-setting LVMA cable. And it's all about the realization that regulatory transparency is irreversible. And quite frankly, unless you can control the game, plain vanilla bullion banking is simply not profitable. Now, Societe Generale is the most recent marking-making bullion bank to resign. And this won't be the last as more of these banks move into the center of the regulator's crosshairs. Now, this is the really interesting thing. Last month, we managed to get the UK Parliament and the Treasury Department of the UK to publicly answer questions on gold and silver market manipulation. And this was followed, followed by a meeting with the UK regulators. And now, after laying out evidence that these too-big-to-fail taxpayer-insured UK banks, and bear in mind these guys are now uh, were thought they were insulated based, based upon the responses in Parliament, they thought they were insulated and that this was siloed to the US, we opened their eyes to the fact that these banks in the UK are also liable to be filed, fined billions of dollars by the DOJ, and even worse, exposed to massive class-action lawsuits. Now, the Financial Conduct Authority who is answerable to Parliament, is heading the investigation. And we met with their heads and with the Treasury Department. And I can guarantee you, Chris, that there were some very, very, very uh, 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 astonished looks uh, when they realized that what happens on a U.S. server, when it happens on a U.K. server, actually libels everything that's going on in, in the U.K. Now... The majority of the investigators, we'd have to say this, are working, they're working for the CFTC and the FC are actually straight-up policemen. And a lot of people have doubts about the regulators, but within them, there are some very straight-up people. And it will not sit well if charges are not brought at the highest levels. But, you know, we have to not kid ourselves. We expect lots of deals will get done, and anyone close to board level will escape any charges. However, all of this aside... Our real objective here is to make it as unattractive as possible for bullion banks to operate under an increasingly difficult regulatory environment. And that's just the only way to win this battle. And the fact that market manipulation questions were raised in Parliament makes it impossible to sweep them under the carpet. Now, you know, this public exposure has caused the LBMA and officials a major headache which cannot be put back in the bag. And following us challenging the Treasury's response, which erroneously suggested that this market manipulation activity was siloed to the U.S., we provided proof of the mechanisms that connect the U.S. and the U.K. markets. So really, you know, basically, with a major market management lever about to be removed, Chris, the paper market liquidity is about to take a major hit. And for this reason... We need to look at questions about a price reset to be conducted in such a way that will enable derivatives to be squared without a default. Now, many believe this could take several years. However, we see this happening in 2019, and I am, and I, and I'm, the reason I'm so excited about this, talking about a reset, the upcoming launch of the Kinesis monetary system, this month is a global monetary reset in its own right. And why is that? Because it's the only gold and silver-backed currency that defeats Gresham's law. And, you know, we know there are, and it's very helpful to see 60 gold-backed solutions on the market, but, but Chris, none of them solve Gresham's law. 
And I know most of your listeners, listeners will know what Gresham Law's law is. It's the fundamental law of money, which is basically bad money will drive out good money. Now, I, 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 would, I know that we've got Tom here, and I'm so excited uh, that he's able to be with us today because Tom is the CEO, he's a genius behind this whole concept, and he's, he's, he's the unusual ability to be able to put not only a, a genius plan together, but to also uh, commercialize it. And this is why I think at this moment, I'd, I'd just like to hand this over to Tom. Thank you very much, Andy, and be careful uh, with so many compliments that you might get in my head at some point. <laughs> but um, no, and, and it's, it's been a little while since I think we both um, spoke to your audience, Chris, and it's a great honor to be back, and hopefully we can keep on talking as we sort of move forward now with, with Kinesis and also, obviously, with market updates and, and also where we're obviously all driving towards, which is a much fairer marketplace, whereby we can actually, you know, see a price, which is a reference point for true market demand of physical product around the world, a real market providing real-world solutions. And that's ultimately a large part of our journey with both ABX and Kinesis. And, you know, th these two uh, systems have really sort of fed into each other and one has led to the, to the next. Obviously, ABX with the, the global um, spot physical exchange for precious metals has then led into the development of the Kinesis monetary system. And um, what Andy sort of said towards the end is, so incredibly true, actually. Obviously, you know, um, I, I guess I'm sort of, you know, um, preaching to the choir here as far as, you know, t telling um, your audience that obviously, you know, gold and silver are the, the real sort of universal currencies out there. You, you know, they, they are obviously the gold is the most effective store of value the world's ever seen. The only money that has, you know, survived the true test of time over thousands of years. So, and that's a key ingredient into what makes money successful and sustainable, it being an effective store of value. And then obviously it needs, you know, money needs to be an efficient medium of exchange, whereby we can efficiently transact in it. And it will serve um, the purpose of, of commerce of the world and being able to transact with it. But and that pertains purely to really just money and the exchange of it. But when you have um, an environment and an economy where there's two competing forms of money, right? so in, in the case of the world at the moment, each nation has their own legal tender. That's legally mandated money that we pay our taxes in, that, that uh, our goods and services are priced in. It's very difficult to introduce a new competing form of money, even a complementary form of money, that actually will be used um, for transactional purposes. Um, and you'll see cryptocurrencies, you'll even see gold-backed currencies, etc. Um, I don't have any confidence in any of them that actually be truly um, used to be fueling like, the commerce of the world because, as Andy said, none of them solve Gresham's law. And this is a real systemic issue that needs to be solved. So... As Andy said, Gresham's law is bad money drives out good. It sounds a little bit abstract, 
Right? But what it means is when you have um, two forms of currency in one environment or one economy, then you're going to actually transact in the one that you value less. And this can happen even at the subconscious level. It's very psychological. Um, if you give someone $100 of gold and put it in their hands, and then you give someone a $100 bill and put it in their hands, subconsciously, they will value the gold more. And when it comes time to paying for something, they will hand over the US $100 bill. Um, whether they really appreciate gold or not, it happens at the subconscious level, whereby they view it as something more valuable. And that's that's where you find currencies such as you know, the hard asset currency of gold, something, you know, that I think is universally valued for all of its properties, is hoarded. And it's hard to put it into motion. And it's where our name comes from, Phoenicis, which means movement in Greece. It's been used since ancient times. It means movement. It's hard to get it into motion. So we've put together a system which really stimulates the movement and velocity of money, whereby in a system whereby there's two currencies um, and we're fighting against legal tender, then um, the logic, the only logical and rational choice is to use our currency. Why? Because the more you actually spend and use our currency, the more money you make, and that's money forever. <laughs> so our system keeps track of all expenditure within the system, and the more you actually use our currency, then every month, the higher the yield is. The higher money, more money comes back into your, into your account, into your wallet within the blockchain. So, I know it's, it's like a little bit difficult to sort of understand, but what, what we are is a collective sharing of wealth. So, where a bank charges you bank fees, they charge, they charge you and they, you know, take the fees and put it in their pocket, goes into their balance sheet. But what we do in our blockchain system is we pull together all the fees during the month, and then at the end of the month, we divide that, we divide it up with all the different users. You know, we've got dip, we've got holders, we've got, we've got minters, which is people who actually create the currency, um, we've got depositors, we've got referrers, anyone can make money in an organic way through our system, um, and they make money simply by using money. And it's, it's just a system of like collective wealth and we share in the success all together. That's sort of really where we are, but let me, let me just sort of explain sort of where we are from a developmental perspective. We're now three days, um, out from launch, so we're launching, um, on the night. So I'm not sure when this interview will be, will be posted up, but we're launching on Monday the night. And let's just quickly give a basic analogy, a parallel with Gresham's Law. Okay, we've all heard bad money drives out good. What does that really mean, you know, for the everyday listener? And go back in time to the 1970s here in the States, North America, since the 1970s, where inflation was rampant. And, of course, uh, there was bad money. The money was beginning to lose its connection to any type of soundness and backing. But we still had silver, dimes, quarters, half dollars, and dollars in circulation in North America. Can't speak for the rest of the world. That remained the case for over four decades. But slowly over time, bad money that Andrew and Thomas have referred to here drove out those silver coins, 40% and 90% silver backing, 
within them, okay, for the copper sandwiches we refer to today. That is just one basic example that we're all dealing with. Fast forward almost half a century later, and the inflation genie is really out of the bottle. Purchasing power has collapsed around the world. Tell us about your lifeboats here, gentlemen. Yes, certainly. So, you know, as we all know, in the 70s, 71, no, yeah, 71, I believe it was, that it started. Um, Nixon started, you know, pulling up off the, off the gold window, off the gold standard, effectively, the Bretton Woods system. And from there, as soon as he did that, then obviously, um, they said the central bankers, absolute and free right and control to, to print money out of control. And with that, yes, as you said, purchasing power collapsed, collapsed with currencies around the world. And um, basically the entire global monetary system that was put together after World War II in Britain basically got completely reformed to be um, complete nonsense. Just uh, a paper-based system backed on nothing, just backed on debt. And um, we handed over full financial control to the central bankers, um, which is a little bit sad because now they... They really really the world. What you have with us is a full, you know, one-to-one, 100% physically-backed system where, you know, every single gram, ounce of gold and silver is backed by a corresponding currency um, where you can take physical delivery at any point in time in, you know, multiple volts spread across the world. The thing is, we don't think that's enough. Yes, we have an effective store of value. We have an efficient medium exchange, which is, you know, in the digital era, it's the latest and greatest using blockchain technology, where it's like a decentralized environment where we can cut out intermediaries and you know break down borders and boundaries and connect with each other all over the world. Um, and it's you know, having to operate in a centralized environment here. So we can use blockchain. That's great. But the next step is this: Russian's law. Um, okay, I'm competing up against legal tender which unfortunately is paper, and I have to pay my taxes in it, and I have to pay for goods and services in it. So basically, we've created an entire system which gets around it. So, you know, you, you can basically do your full banking through our system. We have mobile banking facilities. Um, you can utilize a gold and silver back monetary system. It's tied to debit cards. Um, we have, like, little hardware devices which, you know, keeps your currency completely in an offline environment and completely safe. Um, it can be in fully insured custody storage of 100%. You have $100 million, for example, if you're a fund, you can store it in our custody solution. Whereas, you know, obviously, central banks only insure up to certain limits, which the, the, the citizens of places like Cyprus are very acutely aware of how limiting those limits are. Uh, how, how limiting things like bail-ins and everything like that are, and how the theft of you know, the people's wealth from around the world is happening on a day-to-day basis. So we're trying to combat all of these problems, and guess what? We're actually doing quite well, and we're still... Okay, we haven't launched. We're three days away from launching, um, but we have not yet launched. We've got multiple government deals around the world, not in first, not in you know first world countries, not in the developed world, but in the in the countries that they might even be large, but you know they feel a degree of oppression by perhaps you know the big powers of the world. Places like Indonesia with a population of 270 million people, most are actually um, 
you know, they've, they've also got a large on-bank and underbank population. Um, so we help them sort of come into the financial world, have financial identity, obviously bring a lot of efficiencies. We've, we've got these deals going. So say, in, for, for example, in Indonesia, and also it's expanding rapidly, um, but I can talk about Indonesia now. We've got like a deal with the post office there. Uh, but the post office is, you know, the cornerstone of the payment and in the banking industry in Indonesia. Because, you know, you want to pay utility bills, you want to send money abroad, um, you have to use the post office. The post office acts as agent for the likes of Western Union, and Western Union charges extortionate fees to, you know, send, send money abroad or to, you know, receive money there. So, you know, envisage a network of post offices around the world uh, interfaced into, say, the Kinesis system, then then you, you start to envisage even a new kind of banking system that's outside of the banking system. For example, it's called PT Post, the Indonesian Post Office. They have 58,500 branches. That's like doing a deal with a bank of 58,500 branches. And so, you know, these are physical locations that people can take their physical tasks and actually, you know, do their day-to-day banking, and then once they're in the system, then they're all interfacing with everything. So, and they're all rewarded for their participation in the system. This is sort of where we are. We're putting together what we sort of dubbed a super ecosystem, which involves, you know, ultimately institutional partners from around the world, with government-owned entities in there, um, even exchanges, um, traditional-type exchanges, it's, it's just a very exciting place to be at this point in time. And um, we provide value at all levels of society, governmental, institutional, but also retail. And retail is a big primary focus for us in providing um, supreme value. There are dilution issues typically with almost any monetary system. I mean, I think this is what Andrew and Thomas have both alluded to here today. And I'd like to give you both an opportunity, or either of you, to um, outline just how the Kinesis system takes care of any worries that people might have about the dilution of their precious metals within the system. As far as dilution, you're thinking that you know people's precious metals may be diluted in, in, in some possible way, then, then that is not possible within our system. Yeah, that's just simply not possible. Yeah, certainly for the sender who sends metal, there is a transaction fee associated with that, but that's just simply a matter of, okay, I've got, you know, so I'm sending one gram of gold, the recipient receives a little tiny fraction less than one gram just because there's been a, uh, a transaction fee there. At, at the end of the day, that transaction fee just goes off to the transaction pool. All the metal's still in the system, ultimately, and nothing gets diluted. What I was really referring to is we have a great guest on the show. He's been with us for over a decade, just friend of the show, Nick Barishev over at Bullion Management Group in Canada. They, of course, are in the bullion storage business, and he says if your bullion is not stored with the serial numbers on your books and their books, you don't own it. It's not yours. Can you help me, at least, and some of my listeners, alleviate that concern? I'm sure you've got a workaround. I mean, holders of metal in our system, they hold allocated legal title to the metal at the end of the day. Now, you can't create a monetary system if you're just going to be trading in whole files. 
Um, I mean, that gives you a sort of divisible unit of about $50,000 for, for, uh, sort of about a kilo bar and for 5000 for a hundred grand bar. So we need to obviously create a monetary system. We need divisible uh, units of title. And so all we can do is ultimately we create the currency that will actually not be the, the um, users within our system. They go into what's called the Kinesis Mint, where they effectively act as their own central bank and mint currency. How do they mint currency? They buy bars of gold or silver. And then it gets emitted into our monetary system and it, it goes into divisible units of title and then sent. But whatever you own, you own. It doesn't sit on the balance sheet or books of anyone else. Um, as I said, like you can take legal title to it at any point in time, but you hold legal title to it. There'll be inventory list always transparently um, disclosed at all points in time of all the bars within the system. We're even going to have like video cameras on, on all the bars in the system. But it's not possible for any rehypothecation or anything like that to occur. Um, all you need to do is sort of look up our legal agreement and see how legal title is passed down ultimately to the ultimate beneficial owner. The metal within the system, and we build our own votes as well, the metal within the system is just held in safekeeping. So it's, it's not like, it's not held by the, by any sort of custodian. It's held in safekeeping on behalf of the ultimate beneficial owner, which is the user. Do you feel comfortable outlining where the bars will be held? I mean, is there a specific Brinks, for instance? We use Brinks in Canada and North America. Certainly. So the metal inventory management is managed by a company, which I'm also the CEO of, called Allocated Building Exchange, ABX.com. Um, and that's an exchange, an institutional exchange with partnerships with Deutsche Borsa, one of the largest exchanges in the world, you know, partnerships with a lot of different government entities and some of the largest entities in the physical precious metal space. And we've got a very, we've got vaults um, spread across the world by our partnerships with the likes of um, Loomis and Brinks, but also um, independent holding parties as well who we found it actually provide a much better service than um, Loomis and Brinks. So, and, and we've partnered up with a Liechtenstein-based um, um, vaulting company, both for their, their vault in Liechtenstein, but we're actually at this point in time building a vault in Jakarta, in Indonesia, for example. The first purpose, a bullion, the bullion purpose built vault in Indonesia, for example. So yeah, our vaults are like Sydney, Singapore, Hong Kong, Dubai, London, Zurich, uh, New York, and Liechtenstein, and we're bringing online Jakarta as well. We're, we're also hoping to do more, more and more partnership deals with independent vaults around the world because, I mean, the value proposition of that is phenomenal. There's no um, storage fees for our system. That means we pick up the storage bill of each individual investor. We can go and we'll say to an independent building party, hey, if you, if you, you know, help assist in bringing your clients into our system, we will pay their storage fees. Why? Because we have a transactional-based model. So we can cover the storage fees. It's fully insured. We've got um, actually some of the greatest insurance, the most comprehensive and extensive insurance on planet Earth, which even covers embezzlement 
on terrorism, which is very, very difficult to get. Some um, parties might say, oh, it's fully insured. But yeah, if you really dig down into the, the insurance documentation, there are those kind of exclusions. So we've got that extensive cover. So yeah, in addition to that, you know, look, obviously we liquefy that value of precious metal. So where someone, an investor might just be holding the metal, they can't use it for payment purposes. It's just burning a hole in their pocket. They have to pay storage fees every month. With us, there's no storage fees. There's a yield. So you actually receive a yield. And then, then we start to actually turn gold and silver into a mainstream asset class because suddenly the risk side covered and the return side covered. And this is what traditional investment managers actually look at, the risk to return like metrics, the profile. And suddenly, you know, like, okay, we've got a yield attached to gold and silver. Now we can be compared to, you know, bonds, dividend-yielding stocks, all that sort of thing. But, you know, it, it's a safe haven at the cost. We have negative interest rates around the world. We have a collapsing rate cycle here in North America, which will probably spread to the Eurozone soon and, as, and their colleagues around the world. So, I mean, they're actually talking about giving you a negative rate. That, of course, is increasing the appeal of the precious metals of gold, silver, and, and related shares to investors because, you know, the, the big argument is gold doesn't throw off any interest. And suddenly, in come Kinesis, and it says not only will we not charge you for the storage of the gold, but you're going to have a little yield. Imagine a world where there was actually no taxes, and then we just lived in this society, an economy, where it was a collective sharing of wealth. And I actually imagine a world where that's actually possible because I've seen what, what we're able to do now with the Kinesis system. So, for example, with the Kinesis system, you know, like a nation would be able to implement a transactional-based system which stimulates economic activity by actually rewarding like individual participation within such an economy or system um, but also we all share in the collective success of the system as well. The government will take a certain portion of the transaction fees out of the system but everyone else takes a certain percentage of the transaction fees out of the system as well. We're incentivized to use the system and the system is incentivized to organically grow by sucking in greater participation from all around the place. Um, whether it be just through uh, basically profit motive, whether it be through wanting to hold like, a uh, stable store of value, um, or whether it just be through the value provided through everyday use of the system, how it sort of works. It's transactionally based with the sharing of the transactions. So, you know, the more money that is minted and then sent, spent or sold, the more money you can actually make out of this, and I know it sounds like counterintuitive, but look us up and you know look up look up our documentation. You'll see the mechanics here and how it all works. But also, you get a yield for holding it as well. Why? Because just by holding it entitles you to a share of the transactions out of the system. Um, that's credited to your account every month. So this is really the way that it works, and blockchain technology has really facilitated this. So we're really entering into a new realm where central planners are going to have to understand that the tide is changing, you know, and the flood is coming. I don't think they can do much about it now, and we've got a, a lot of support and a lot of allies on our side, and hopefully, you know, we can be at the forefront spearheading 
this change. You can see why I am so excited about this. Uh, you know, I've been, what, in the business 40-odd years. Uh, we've sustained an awful lot of, uh, let's just say, an awful lot of manipulations. If we've got global vaulting providers and asset managers able to eliminate vaulting fees for their clients, just think about this, this game changer. How is that going to affect supply demand? When you, why would you hold an unallocated contract where the liability lays with a bank when you can have physical title, as you say, it doesn't sit on the balance sheet of Kinesis, it doesn't sit on the balance sheet of ABX, it is, it, this belongs to the client, it is their bullion, there's title to them. And literally, billions of dollars of physical gold and silver, physical gold and silver, is destined to enter the physical gold and silver market so as to just simply to monetize the kinesis currency, uh, which is, uh, and of course you've got ABX providing the nest. Tom talked about ABX. It's got a decade of, of provenance. It's, it's not a startup. Uh, kinesis has evolved from ABX. Kinesis could not exist without having had this infrastructure, this solid infrastructure. We're talking about insurances. We're talking about insurances that not even Brinks or Loomis have in many cases. You know, this is talking about terrorism insurance, talking about embezzlement insurance. Go and ask your, go and ask your local Loomis uh, or, or Brinks uh, if, if they have this in place for you. Silver, if it goes up to $30, $40 and is sitting in a grade two vault, it's no longer insured. Uh, our vaults, uh, especially our private vaults that we're building, all encompass grade 10 vaults, which, which will insure silver when it's at $50 or $100 an ounce. So really what we're talking about is a game changer. We change, we turn the paper market on its head and literally eliminate any wish to even, why would you put counterparty, your, place your, your gold, take on the counterparty risk of a bank you don't even know what the uh, what their balance sheet is. And if you think about the, the other thing, we're talking about bail-ins, they're already in place. There's 14 trillion in negative uh, yielding debt right now. Uh, look, I have clients, we have clients uh, in, in Switzerland, they're being charged 0.75% to, to actually have the privilege of lending their money to the bank. I mean, this is ludicrous. And yet, here's the thing, this is the key. You try and take more than 100,000 euros out a year, and you're going to run into problems. And the maximum cap, the cap is 200,000 euros. And yet, so if you're an asset manager, you're sitting there with 5 million in cash because you're a little worried about risk, what would you do? You'd go and take your physical cash and store it with us. Try and get it out. We're already seeing the elements of valence already underway. You imagine if everyone wanted to take their physical notes and store them out of the system. Well, it wouldn't work, would it? So, you know what? This is why I'm excited, Chris. There's so many aspects to this. What it is, it, it puts the power of gold and silver position concentration back in the hands of us, the people. And really, we are our own central bank. And I want to thank Tom for this creation. And obviously, there's a massive team now that is putting this together. So obviously, kudos to the entire team. But I'm proud to be associated. Thomas Coughlin, I wonder if you might give us your three-year outlook. How do you see this evolving over the next few years? If you're 
users were to go to our website, which is kinesis.money, or www.kinesis.money, um, K-I-N-E-S-I-S.money, um, then uh, you'll see that, yeah, we're coming to a finale on our, uh, what we call the Kinesis Velocity Token, which was selling off 20% of the revenue within the system, and so it's basically going into a proportional share of 20% of the revenue would have done supremely well on that offering. Now having sold, I believe, $193 million worth of tokens um, there. And that's effectively, you know, an investment into the system. Um, so in three days' time, yeah, that's wrapping up and coming to an end. Um, and then we're going into the first phase launch of that system, um, the monitor system on, on Monday. And uh, inside of that, there's an exchange, there's um, payment facilities, um, banking facilities, and the like. We'd certainly invite your users to sign up and you know have a look around at least. Um, and from there, actually, as we also have a simultaneous um, offer going, which is called our initial minting offer, IMI, whereby we um, invite any investor into gold or any user of our system to start basically becoming their central bank, their own central bank, and minting their own currency. So you can mint into gold currency or silver currency um, by going to what we call the Kinesis Mint, which is another sort of platform which is linked up to the main monetary system. And whatever you buy on gold and silver there, or you can also do what's, what we call an exchange physical for digital EPD, where it's like a slot between the physical and the ADX exchange to the mint, um, I know it's getting a little bit technical, sorry, but uh, that's effectively what can happen. So you can deposit metal into the system and turn it into um, currency as well. That we're on track to throw out the number right now. Um, we're getting our final insurances in place, what we've been talking about, which we're really excited about, with the embezzlement and the terrorism insurance in place. Um, once that's in place, we're bringing online um, in the vicinity of $600 million in, in gold and silver minting into that. And we're going to have a really good little start to our system. A great little capital raise. We're going to have a lot of metal flowing into our system and a lot of users as well. We're actually integrating with a number of other big sort of user networks around the world, which I don't even know where to start there, but there will be millions of users coming into the system. I think there's a lot of buzz around the Kinesis concept, one-to-one allocated physical gold on this currency. Add in the lack of storage fees and yield bearing. This is quite a concept, and you know we're all watching very closely. Can't wait to get an update following your big event in the next few days. Kinesis Blueprint version 10 have the PDF file, of course, linkable on all of the GoldSeek web pages. This is a document definitely worth reading and sharing. Please contact us either via uh, our website. We'll have like a contact form there, or uh, you'll find our email addresses there as well. As I said, download the Blueprint document. Have a, have a look over our website. If you want to know any information about ABX, 
visit our website at abx.com. Plenty of information on there about what we do. Um, we have our press releases out there with, the, with our major deals and everything like that. Yeah, please look us up. And the application forms for the Velocity Token are on the website. All right, keep us updated on all your progress with Kinesis. Thanks, Chris. Thanks a lot, Chris. Gold Seek employees may or may not own shares. Nothing contained herein should be construed as investment advice. This is Robert Ian with GoldSeek.com Radio. Sometimes to get a handle on the true state of the economy, all you have to do is observe an advertisement that functions as a real-time proxy for what is happening and what is about to happen. Based on an email I received from TransUnion, the credit reporting agency, I would suggest that just like the 2008 financial collapse, subprime auto loans will lead the next collapse. A desperate Reckless marketing email from a major credit agency was, in my opinion, almost begging consumers to buy a car they could not afford. Rather than paraphrase, I'll share that email with you. Perhaps you received the same one. It goes like this. Need an auto loan? Get financing of up to $45,000 for the vehicle you need now. Complete your loan request and drive as early as today. Loans for all credit scores up to $45,000. Competitive rates. 100% accepted. Three-minute application. Drive the same day. Affordable payments for any budget. Zero application fees. Nationwide since 1999. Open 24 hours. A-plus. Better Business Bureau rating. Wow. The psychology of this ad is quite compelling, enticing, and almost irresistible. And because it's being delivered from one of the agencies that monitors your credit score, there is a subliminal validation that this is somehow okay, because it's coming from a supposedly authoritative source. Kind of like when Sir Alan Greenspan sat before congressional committees on television and suggested the adjustable-rate mortgage was a good idea for the average consumer to get into. As the groundwork was being laid for the greatest financial slaughter and wealth transfer in history, we know how that one turned out. And now... They're coming back for seconds. This can only end badly. Potentially for many more people than in 2008. Traditional escape hatches have been systematically welded shut. 
Debts have been cross-collateralized. Bankruptcy has more restrictions. And overall debts are much higher across the board. From college tuition, to credit cards, to new homes and cars. When you hear the words, Loans for all credit scores up to $45,000, competitive rates, and 100% accepted. You should be concerned. Very concerned. Because the time to leave the concert, the football game, or the party is before the final song before the end of the fourth quarter, and before things get too wild. That is, if you want to make it home without incident, and without fighting the mad crowds as everyone makes their way to the exit at the same time. The same can be said for exiting or altogether avoiding more debt. Because when debt is issued to anyone capable of signing their name, you don't just want to walk in the other direction. You want to run. And until next time, this is Robert Ian with ConquerChange.com. Thanks, Chris. Okay, Robert, thanks for another excellent installment. Well, that wraps up this week's GoldSeek.com radio episode. For two new big guests, be sure to check out next week's show. Until we talk to you again, have a great week. GoldSeek employees may or may not own shares. Nothing contained herein should be construed as investment advice.